everybody Beth we talking about funky family relations and this is part three of a podcast series and we're talking recently about healthy boundaries personal boundaries it means you know where you stop and the other person starts we are responsible for our emotions and our actions but we can't take responsibility for the emotions and actions of another person so do you need to establish boundaries? So maybe that's your question. I'm not sure if she's talking about me or not. So let's let's look at telltale signs. Telltale signs that you need to establish boundaries in your funky family relations. You ready? Okay. You're constantly directing others and warning them what will happen if they don't do what you say. How about this one? You bring up past errors a lot. How about here? You suggest solutions when you weren't asked. You criticize and create guilt trips. You try to mind read and act on your guess at what they're thinking. <laughs> you use should and shouldn't a lot in conversation. Now, all of us are saying, oh, please, don't describe me like that. And I'm here to tell you, I have the same trip. I trip over these boundary things all the time. It's a work. It's a work. It's a progress. It's not perfection. We'll never get it perfect. But here's the deal. If we don't even look at it, it will always be like this. And we will always feel negatively when we're addressing the person with whom we're speaking. Somebody that we think has created a funky family relationship for us when actually it takes two to tango. We did our part too. So listen, if you need to establish boundaries and you're not quite sure how to get started, sometimes you're going to need some extra help. This could be from a professional therapist or a family counselor. It could be from a recovery group, like a 12-step group, like CODA. Um, it could be from a higher power. How are you doing on that relationship with the higher power? Is it a relationship or is it a concept? If your dealings with the higher power is all conceptual, you won't get any feedback. You won't get any help. It has to be relational. You don't have to do this alone. Actually, you're not really up to that task because your history and your current status suggests that you have some unhealthy thinking. So get a sounding board of sorts who can lead you to a new state of being. So let's go through some ideas that we covered in this three-part podcast because healing funky family relations is going to pay off for the rest of your life. To not have to carry the burden of broken family units is a huge burden to set down and it will free you like almost nothing else. So when dysfunction is large, here are some steps to follow. Number one, uncover and admit. Step back 
and look at the big picture of your life objectively. Listen to what others are saying to you, especially those that are close to you. Does everybody tell you you're a workaholic? Chances are good you're a workaholic (laughs) when everyone around you is pointing out something. Listen, don't deny it. Get out of the denial mode and listen. Start to gather some information. These podcasts was, were a great start, but there are books. You could get a professional evaluation. There's a lot more you can do to uncover and, and admit. And finally, know your truth. Are you a people pleaser? Are you a control freak? Are you brokenhearted, a victim of a broken heart that carries that into every other relationship? So that's the first thing. Uncover and admit. Look at the problem, and then the problem can find solution. Number two, give it time. Time in this one is things I must earn. Overcoming will be a process, not an event. Now, the man that we quoted earlier in one of the podcasts said the time doesn't heal wounds. The treatment heals wounds. It's a process, not an event. But begin the treatment and be patient with yourself while you go through the treatment. It won't change overnight. Number three, find a support system. You know, in 12 steps groups, they have a a little saying they say. They say, meeting makers make it. Why is that? Meeting makers. If you go to a 12 step group for help and you actually attend the meetings regularly, it will help you. Why? Because you're going to experience the miracle of identification and the relief of finally being understood. You'll hear that you're not the only one who struggles with these issues. And and it's not because you're bad. It's just because your thinking has gotten off track. You, you come to know that you're not alone. And believe me, when I tell you 95% of American families have dysfunction, you are not alone. You are not the only one facing this. But face it. How are you going to face it? That's number four. Do the work. Yes, work is a four-letter word. You're going to have to make some changes. You're going to have to review some of your perspectives. This is not an intellectual exercise. You must take action. If you want to be different, if you want to make a difference, you have to take action. I am a firm believer in the 12 steps to wholeness. Some people think those are only for alcoholics and drug addicts. That is not true. The 12 steps are just a pathway to right thinking and spiritual awakening. Take a chance. Get a book. Read about them. Listen to some of the podcasts we have on the 12 steps. But do the work. Part of doing the work is knowing that you're going to feel some pain. But the pain will pass. Right now, the pain is always there. It's like a, a an ebbing an ebbing in the background. When you're doing the work, sometimes it will come to the forefront, but then it will lessen dramatically and eventually it will go away. So do the work. 
And the last part of the work is starting to set healthy boundaries. Be able to speak up for yourself and say, I don't want to talk about politics with you. I love you, but we don't see eye to eye there. And I don't want you to try to change my mind and waste what little time we have together. That is a boundary. That is a way to set a boundary with somebody who always pulls you into a conversation you don't like. And then bring up another topic. Bring up something else that you'd like to talk about. Number five, reject the roles. You know, falling into those old roles of, of, that we learned in a family of origin, it's like a default setting. We don't even know we're doing it. So pray for help not to fall into those ruts again. Pray for help. Ask your higher power to help you not fall back into that role. And then affirm your truth. Statements of affirmation are things like, I am enough. If you were the lost child or the insignificant one in your family, before you go with your family, say, I am enough. I am substantial. I am making a mark in this world. And the mark is for good. Whatever it is, but speak your truth to yourself before you go. That will help you not fall back into that old role. And the sixth thing, rediscover your choices. You don't have to go to every fight you're invited to. You know, if somebody brings up a subject that you clearly know will end in a fight, you can sidestep it and say, I choose not to talk about that today. But let me ask you something else. I noticed that you are a great gardener, and I've been trying to grow some tomatoes. What do you think? Should I lift the thing up? The rabbits are eating my plants. Whatever you can do to change the subject to something that is comfortable for you, you do not have to go to every fight you're invited to. To rediscover your choices, you need to see it from an overview. Remember, when you're in emotional duress, it's hard to step out of yourself and look at it from the top. But remember, everybody in the family has a faulty perspective because everybody's basing their perspective on how it affects them. Step out of your role and just look at what's going on and choose to be the one who loves. Choose to be kind. Choose to speak your truth with a smile on your face. You know, it's bigger when you can see the black and the white and the gray. So part of rediscovering your choices is coming to understand the open mind. Opening your mind doesn't mean that your brains fall out. It means that you're allowing other people to think differently than you. If you can't open your mind, you will never accept another person for who they are. Open your mind. It's way bigger than what you can see. And allow them to give you their ideas. Some of them you may endorse. Others you'll reject. But always you'll grow. And that's what this is all about. Progress. Healing funky family relationships can be hard. Remember, you're only responsible for your side of the street. So once you set your clear personal boundaries, um, you're going to have more respect, more support, more care. And as you esteem yourself, 
other people will be thrown off base and scramble to regain their footing. Your consistency will pay off. You will be true to your authentic self and their judgment won't affect you as much. Your family relationships can and will be based on love instead of fear. And in the end, that is how you heal funky family relations. You move from fear back to love. That love must start for yourself. And as you realize that you are worthy and capable of love, it will grow exponentially. Sustainable relations with others will begin to thrive. You can do this. Healing family relationships, even when they're funky, is possible. Don't go it alone. Ask God to help you. It's time to take addiction out of the shadows and shine the encouraging light of recovery on everyone affected. Good Seed Podcast is powered by BethWE.com, a nonprofit ministry based in Vero Beach, Florida. We'll start the uncomfortable conversations that turn despair into hope and complacency into action. Connect, communicate, and thrive with us. Check us out online at BethWE.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk again soon.